Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to take the next few minutes to talk to you on this thought. God bless you. God bless you. Now, every campus, why don't we bow our heads one more time and pray, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this moment. You're in this moment. You're moving. You're working. We stand in awe of you, God. I pray right now you would open up hearts. God, that you would open up eyes to see you for who you are. That you'd transform us by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit. We're here for you. Come on, and all of James River said. Oh, I come from a loud, rowdy church, and all of James River said. You sound good. I just showed you pics of my kids. I'm in a very interesting season of motherhood. It's a season of life where I have no privacy. Are there any parents that you would say, yep, I'm right there with you. Absolutely no. Friends, I cannot do anything alone. The other day I went into the restroom and I locked the door just to get a moment of peace and their little fingers came underneath the door and they started to scream and yell, mom, open up the door. And in particular, my two-year-old, Wild, he follows me everywhere. When I go out to get the mail, Wild follows me there. When I go to the kitchen, Wild wants to be a part. He wants to cook the meal with me. When I go to the backyard, he walks to the backyard. Wild is like the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere, okay? He's everywhere. And as he follows me, he says this all the time, mom, 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 mom. Mom, 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 mom. Anybody know what that sounds like? Mom, 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 mom. It becomes a melody, and I almost become immune to how many times he's saying it until finally I say, yes, wild, what do you need? And he looks back at me with those cute blue eyes, and he says, why you do that? I say, what? He looks back at me, he says, why you do that? I stand there and I look at my hand and say, oh, this? This is deodorant, son. <laughs> Didn't know we were going to have a conversation about perspiration this morning, but here we go. Let's have it. I think Wild is making me question everything that I do with that question, why you do that? And I think as followers of Jesus, that we can get so caught up in how everybody else talks about God and Christianese and the language that surrounds us, that sometimes, friends, we don't even know why we say what we say. And I think it's important for us to take inventory of what we're saying and to realize the revelation and the power of the words that God has given us through his spirit. You know, sometimes phrases that we say in church, they become cliche. Words like bless. You know what? The word bless is not just reserved for you to say to a stranger when they sneeze. There's a far deeper revelation. And friends, I'm from the South, and we say, bless your heart, and that is anything but a blessing. <laughs> bless her heart. Do you really mean that? But I think that today God wants us to look to his word, to understand the depth of this word, bless. Friends, are we being mindless or missional in our blessing? 
Have we awakened to the power that God has given us as we walk into our workplace, as we walk into our schools, as we fill our home with speaking life? Friends, there is power in blessing. What does it actually mean to bless? Is it just good stuff coming to you? No, friends, I think it's so much deeper than that. See, you first of all have a heavenly father that blesses you as a son, that blesses you as a daughter, that he gave everything. He gave his one and only son, sacrificed his life so that you would know, despite what your experience on earth with your earthly father is, come on, can anybody testify that your heavenly father is nothing like your earthly father? He's perfect in his love. He's constant in his devotion. He's faithful as his eye is always upon us. You are blessed today. Because you have a heavenly father. But not only that, you have a savior. A savior that took on the curses that we deserved. Took on shame and every label through our sin so that we could be blessed. And Jesus took what you and I deserve so that we could have what he deserved today. And today as we walked in, we lifted holy hands because the sin and the shame has been removed once and for all. We are spotless. We are clean. We are new creations. We are the head and not the tail. We are the salt of the earth. We are a city on a hill. Why? Because Jesus decided that he would sacrifice everything so that we could be blessed. Not only that, Jesus, as he was crucified, put in a grave for three days, and then resurrected to brand new life, he then ascended to the right hand of the Father. When he took his place at the right hand of the Father, the Father didn't stop the blessing. He just continued it because he employed the Holy Spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be a blessing in our lives every moment of the day and every moment in the night. He is our comforter. He's our counselor. He is the one who speaks to us and reminds us of all the things that Jesus said. He blesses our life with the same strength and power that filled Jesus. We are blessed. But how many of you know today that uh, that blessing that I'm describing, maybe you're like, man, that sounds really good. But you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I would encourage you today that that blessing that I speak of, constant, abundant, never runs dry. It begins with a decision. So maybe you're at Joplin or at West or at North or watching online today. Friends, you are extended the same invitation today. There is a decision to be made. I was at Disney not too long ago with my sons and my sons really wanted to go on the Star Wars ride. They were fired up about it. Now, are there any Star Wars fans at any campus? You're like, I know all about it. Friends, you need to teach me because I do not know. I don't know all the stories. I don't know the saga. I just know that my mom and dad bought my sons a Darth Vader costume and a Stormtrooper costume, and they were wearing them constantly. They said, Mom, we got to go on the ride. So we went on the ride. And as we came off of the ride, first of all, it was unbelievable. But as we came off the ride, I could tell something was wrong with Wyatt, my four-year-old. He had a very serious look on his face. 
We started to walk back towards the crowd, the group that we were at Disney with. I said, Wyatt, are you okay? And he just looked at me and said, Mom, are stormtroopers bad? I said, I think most of them are. I think. He said, is Darth Vader their leader? I said, yeah, he is. He looked back at me. He said, so Darth Vader is the bad guy? And I said, yeah, Darth Vader is the bad guy. I do know that. He looked back at me with so much conviction in his eyes. He said, I will never wear that costume again. you guys think it's as funny as I did because this four-year-old had so much conviction. It was a life-changing moment. And friends, when it comes to following Jesus, there is a moment of I will never walk that way again. It's so much deeper than the costume you wear. Oh, friends, it's a decision that I once was pursuing my own gain. I once was lifting up my own name. I once was living for my glory, my affluence, but now I live for the glory of the King of Kings, the Lord of lords my eyes are set on heaven my heart has the seed of eternity I'm free and I once was addicted I'm found and I once was lost I used to be sick in my body but can somebody give God a shout of praise he's healed me he's delivered me why because I made a decision to follow him I was walking this way But never again I turned. And friends, repentance is not just feeling sorry for what we've done. Repentance is not just an emotion of, oh, I feel really bad for the things in my past. No, it's so much more than emotion. It's a change of direction. I was going this way, but God in his sovereign mercy found me, called me by name, and gave me a purpose. And that's when the blessing begins. That's when a path of purpose suddenly unfolds before you. See, do you know today that you are blessed? Do you know that your house, your marriage, your thoughts, the path of purpose in front of you, every single step, it is blessed because blessing is transformational. It's not just a word we speak, but it's transformational. And your testimony is not just a one-time experience, but it's an ever-evolving experience in the blessings of God. See, some of you in this room, you walked in with your head down, and all you can see is what is against you. The moment you lift your eyes to heaven, you will see that all of heaven is for you. That you are covered in front of you, behind you, all around you. That you are blessed. And that your testimony is an ever-evolving story of the blessing and the faithfulness of God. It's not just praying a prayer, but that prayer then is a catalyst for testimonies. We just watch testimonies. God's story is being told God wants to bless you, and he wants to use you to bless others. Do you know that you're blessed? 
As we talk about blessing, the first thing I want you to understand about blessing, there is a blessing in the house. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, there's a blessing in the house. We're going to read the words of the psalmist, his journal entry. Says in verse one, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow find a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. Selah. Friends, we are daughters and sons of a living God and your environment matters. It matters where you spend your time. It matters that we do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Now Jesus, when he's talking to the disciples, he says, ask and it will be answered. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be what? Opened. What is Jesus saying? Well, it's not to be a mystery. He's showing us the, the totality of a healthy relationship that is made up of conversation, ask. It's made up of the right, pure motivation, seek. What are you seeking today? But it's also made up of action because you can have the right motivation and you can talk all you want. But how many of you know that relationship you're in will never flourish unless you step into action? And when we knock, what does it mean to knock? Knocking means going to the places where God is. Actually taking the effort and the time to go with expectation. Some of you drove hours today with expectation in your heart and you will not be denied because when we knock, Jesus said it himself, the door will be opened. When you show up, God does the miraculous. Come on, how many of you believe that today? That his presence is here. And it's waiting to transform us. Will we actually show up? See, me here having a personal relationship with Jesus is just the fruit of four generations ago. My great-grandmother, who was in poverty with 13 children, illiterate, being invited to a church service. She had months to live and a brain tumor. And she walked into a service just like this. And under the power and the grace of Almighty God, she was healed. And she didn't just live for a couple months, but she lived for decades to tell of the faithfulness of God. And her blessing has now passed down to four generations. And I'm just standing on the faithfulness of God that has been generation to generation. And this morning, that may be the day that it starts for you. Come on, if you believe it today, give God praise. Generation to generation, you mark this day. God's telling a new story through your life. He's telling a new story through your family. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, Psalms 103, and all that is within me, what? Bless his holy name. I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy 
bless the Lord in your car. You can bless the Lord as you walk in for that doctor's report. You can bless the Lord as you go to have that conversation with your spouse. You can bless the Lord as you walk into your job every single morning feeling like you're the only light. Friends, as you bless him, suddenly you're able to see all that he has provided around you. You know, we're a part of a generation that is obsessed with balance. We're obsessed with making sure that our home is organized, that we have the right schedule, that we've allotted the right time. Friends, if you took a tree and you made sure that from the exterior it was balanced and you cut every limb so that the leaves were perfectly symmetrical and it looked beautiful and balanced, how many of you know it wouldn't matter how beautiful it looks from the exterior if that trunk is not rooted in the soil at the first gust of wind or storm, that tree would fall flat on its face. Why? Because balance doesn't come from what you see. Balance comes from where you are rooted. And it's time for a company of men and women to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not coming once a month. I'm not coming for the holidays. But every Sunday morning, you can see me rooted in the presence of God, lifting my hands, leading my family. Why? Because there's a blessing in the house. Come on, give him praise in this place. There's a blessing in the house. I've got to be rooted. That's where my balance comes from. There's a blessing in the house when you put your full weight down. I'm here. But there's not just a blessing in the house. Secondly, the psalmist shows us that there's a blessing on the journey. Somebody say blessing on the journey. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. He hears your prayer today. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. See, we're going through this life. You and I, we're pilgrims on a journey. This life will end. Whether it seems so far away now, friends, all of us will be face to face with Jesus one day. But as you walk this journey through life, as the psalmist says, will you walk with the awareness that you are blessed? Do you know today that as you walk through the valley, that God is with you? See, the psalmist says, as I walk through the valley of Baca, it becomes springs and pools. The valley of Baca is a valley outside of Jerusalem. And it actually means, the name means the valley of weeping. Maybe today you're in a season of weeping. Maybe today you'd say, Don Shree, if I'm really honest, the only thing I have to give God in this season are my tears. I'm trying to fast forward through this season. I just need to get through the end of this year. Maybe next year will be a little bit better for me, but I'm done with this season. I would encourage you today that if you'll surrender even your tears, God will use your tears as a seed for a harvest.
God doesn't waste one season of our lives. You know, Scripture says that those who sow in tears, they will reap with shouts of joy. Both physical things that are seen. And today you may look at your tears, you may go, those are worthless, but they're not worthless to the God that knows you. He counts your tears. He saves your tears. Your tears will water the soil for a harvest for generations to come if you entrust your tears and your pain to God. The question is, will you trust him in the journey? Not just on the other side of this testimony. Not just when God comes through and you see it with your physical eyes, but will you trust him in the here and now? When I was born, my parents gave me a scripture. It was Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I, I had no idea at that time that I would hold on to that scripture they gave me in the hospital through eight years of infertility. That as I waited on the Lord, that that scripture would bring hope and life and remind me that I am blessed in the waiting. I was reading my journal the other day, and in my journal, while I was walking through infertility, I had written this entry. I'd said, I'm happy in the hallway. And I, I, honestly, I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to please God. Have you ever done that? You're writing your journal. You're like, I'm trying to be strong. I'm trying to have the right outlook. I said, I'm happy in the hallway. I said, I can see that door cracked open to one day where maybe I could have a family and it seems beautiful and shiny and new and I want to step in so badly. I said, but I will not plan the baby showers and I will not pick out the paint room for my baby's room in our home until God does the miracle because I said the only thing worse than being in the hallway is to try to sneak in and pry the door open only to be ushered out. That was a cry of my heart. I was just being honest with God and I thought I was having the right perspective and I flipped a few pages and there I had written again three days later. The Holy Spirit reminded me, I'm not in the hallway. Every single day of my life, He's opened up the door into his glorious presence. And I'm ushered into a table that he set before me, that he calls me by name. And the room of his glorious grace is more beautiful than any room or invitation that the world could ever offer me. And I wrote in big letters as the spirit flowed through me. So I will sing now. I will dance now. I will breathe deeply now. I will release love instead of saving it for when I hold a baby. I'll release the love right now. Why? Because there's a blessing on the journey. And if you feel like you're in the hallway today, let me speak to you. The voice of Almighty God says to you, you are not locked out. You are not denied. You are not forgotten. You are not abandoned. You are welcomed. You are beckoned and called by name into the glorious room of the grace of God. Today, that invitation has your name on it. Don't let the enemy make you feel locked out. You're blessed on the journey. Right here, right now. Not in front of me and just behind me. Right here. There's a blessing in the house. There's a blessing in the journey. 
But lastly today, there's blessing through surrender. At all the campuses, why don't you say that with me? There's a blessing through surrender. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Did you know that 90% of your thoughts are generated by what you see? 90% of the thoughts you think throughout the day are based upon what your eyes and the physical actually see. No wonder our world is so destitute and broken. No wonder we're lost and confused. Because as followers of Jesus, how many of you know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen? And if you're looking around trying to get direction or validation or to find your identity, you will never find it there because what God does in the soil of your heart, it's unseen and it's supernatural and it is eternal. And friends, it depends on your surrender. Do you trust him? The psalmist said, pinned so many years ago in his journal, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Friends, do you trust in him today? Yeah, I know you like the worship music. I know that you like the community. It's all part of God's plan for you, but it's to surround the nucleus of your trust in the Savior. It's to actually just surround and strengthen that inner decision of God, the foundation of my hopes and my dreams, of my motivations and my thought life, of my intentions and my direction. Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you. Friends, we're a part of generation after generation of broken men and women who cannot do anything on their own but have discovered that everything is possible when you decide to trust in Jesus. When you look in Hebrews, it gives us the hall of faith. Ordinary men and women, just like you and me, who decided to trust in God and their trust in God changed everything. Hebrews chapter 11, verse eight says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He couldn't see it, but he trusted. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as numerous as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of the sand by the seashore. But listen to this and get a visual picture in your mind. Picture this. These all died in faith. Everyone say in faith. Not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Friends, these men and women that changed history through the power of God, they still died in faith. 
They still died not seeing the totality of the promise of God. They died trusting and still believing that God's will would continue to unfold over the generations. And when I was walking through infertility, this scripture leapt off the page and deepened my spirit and I got a visual for how I should stand in the wait. Because just like Abraham and Sarah, as they greeted their inheritance from afar, died in faith, I said, oh, I can greet my inheritance from afar. I can wave to it right now. I can look to eternity and say, God, I trust my future into your hands. And some of you today, you don't see the promises of God with your eyes, but God wants to speak to you today that his promises for you are larger than even one generation could ever tell. He's weaving your story in with generation after generation. And what he's called you today, today to do is simply to wave. I see it, God. My kids are going to come back to you. They're going to love you. They're going to serve you. They're going to know you. I see a God, I'll wave right now. My body is going to be healed. You're able to do the miraculous. God, I see it. My spouse is going to live for you and be a pillar in the house of God. Oh, come on. How many of you in faith today would say, I'll wave because I see the faithfulness of God. I see the faithfulness of God. I'm waving. Till I see Jesus face to face, I'm waving. I'm greeting my inheritance from afar. Because you, when you realize that you are blessed by God, it allows you to be a blessing. It allows you to walk into that boardroom for that presentation. And instead of being solely focused on the presentation, you feel a holy wave walk in with you of the presence of God, knowing that you are to bless, knowing that you are to speak life. Oh, friends, when you know that God's called you to bless the world around you, you go to that homeroom class with your cupcakes and you realize it's not just about celebrating my child's birthday, but there are some parents that need a revival in their marriage, in their home, that need to be set free from the bondage that the enemy has captured them in for decades. You walk in knowing, I carry the blessing of all of heaven into this classroom. You walk in with an awareness that your words matter and that you will eat the fruit of your words. So why not speak blessing? Why not speak life? Why not be intentional? You walk in and have a conversation with your children and you know more than just providing a roof over their head and food on the table that you are creating the way that they see themselves and the way that they see God by teaching them to bless the God that you love and serve. Friends, God's called us to bless. God bless you. From the depths of my soul, I speak blessing over you. I speak favor. I speak wisdom and understanding. I speak discernment. Getting on a plane today, but man, I want to use every breath I can to speak life into your spirits. Because God has a divine plan for you and your family.